Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling Podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, Explorers. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 289 of the podcast. It's the 4th of August, 2021, as I record this intro. And this week, I have a wonderful conversation with Isaac Sibley about his experience as an unschooling dad. He shares about his own school education, how he saw his love of learning disappear over time, and how unschooling with Q has reignited it. We talk about trusting human curiosity and how he has seen Q's learning naturally lead in such interesting directions. Isaac and his partner Holly are very creative with their living and working arrangements in order to meet the needs of everyone in the family, and he shares some great insights into how they've made things work. His excitement about learning and unschooling shines through in our conversation. Before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon, and a big welcome to new patron Emily. Hi, Emily! (laughs) I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support helps pay for the hosting and transcription, as well as my time spent creating new episodes each week. It's instrumental in keeping the podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now here's my conversation with Isaac. Welcome. I'm Pam Larickia from livingjoyfully.ca. And today I'm here with Isaac Sibley. Hi, Isaac. Hello. (laughs) Now we connected through your partner, Holly, and I am really excited to learn more about your unschooling experience And to get us started, can you share with us a bit about you and your family and what everybody's interested in right now? Uh, Yeah, I, uh, I myself uh, was a, I worked in audio uh, production, like audio engineering and stuff. Uh, I worked at a a studio in San Francisco for a while. Uh, This was uh, just before our, our daughter Q was born. And then I worked there for a few months after. Uh, and then it shut down <laughs> because <clears throat> a lot of the audio industry stuff is going to, was going to home base before COVID happened. So this was years ago. Uh, so yeah, a lot of that stuff shut down my, the one that I worked at shut down. So I decided to be the primary caretaker of Q and then Holly would work from home and do her job, uh, while I looked after Q. Uh, so I've been doing that. I've here recently Q's gotten old enough to where I can start looking back into getting into things that are uh, work related. So I've sort of gotten back into it. I've done a few uh, voice acting uh, things and I've started learning about the stock market, which feels a little bad, but it is what it is. So (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I'm also very into uh, Dungeons and Dragons lately. It's sort of been a, uh, an outlet for voice acting practice as well. Uh, uh, Holly is a graphic designer. She works from home and has for quite some time. She is 
super into uh, like language. She's been learning Japanese recently. Oh, she's been learning it for years, but she's gotten heavy back into it recently. Uh, Q is she, she enjoys video games, especially uh, role-playing ones. She likes to go into Minecraft with her friends and set up role plays so that she can role play with them. Uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, Holly's also actually gotten really into learning about, uh, how autistic brains work because while undocumented or un, uh, undiagnosed, I am probably on somewhere on the autism spectrum and Q is as well, most likely. Uh, so she's gotten into that to sort of better understand us, I think. Uh, but yeah. Have you, have you found that helpful? I mean, did, so uh, her her interest in diving in and figuring out how it works, that's been um, helpful maybe for your communication, for your relationship, for just a definitely. better understanding? That's how yeah, it's- definitely. It's, uh, it's one of those things that we, because I, I mean, I never even considered that I was... Uh, that I was on the autism spectrum for a long time until like maybe 10 or so years ago, we were like, you know, maybe <laughs> and I was like, ah, surely not. And then like the more she researched into it, it was like, Oh man. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been helpful for our relationship and just for, for me understanding why things uh, tend to work the way they do when I'm involved. <laughs> Yeah, I find that really interesting because, I mean, that's something we have conversations about here, too. And and because, um, you know, with my kids and even with myself growing up, it was really okay to be yourself. And we just, you know, accepted and worked with and figured things out that worked for us. And yet there's also a time when it becomes it's a bit validating to find that there are other um, people out and about in the world who experience things more similarly to us, who process things more similarly, similarly, et cetera. So it also adds value too at some point, doesn't it? To just start to recognize, oh yeah, look at these things. Oh yeah, that's that's the way I look at things or I process things or how things unfold when I'm involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh it's it's funny looking back because I always identified uh I'm a big Star Trek fan. So I always identified with like Spock and data and then looking back, it's like, Oh, that, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> Big Spock fan here too. <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. So I would love to know how your family discovered unschooling and what your move to unschooling looked like. Uh, well, uh, that was mostly Holly. Uh, <clears throat> she was sort of looking into different ways of how we were going to educate Q when she, this was before she was born, we were looking into it and she told me about this and I was like, well, that seems okay. And then, um, uh, sort of, you know, started talking about it more and more. And I was and it, at first it seemed just like, uh, a curriculum based, like homeschooling the way it was initially described to me. That's the way I understood it. And then the more she described it to me, I was like, Oh, it's not, it's not that at all, really. <laughs> and then, uh, the more we got into it, it was like, well, yeah, it makes, that makes perfect sense. Like anytime I'm interested in something, I go and like learn about it. I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that just from the start. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was, we did that from day one uh, was the, was the plan. Uh, 
and yeah, it's been, it's been working out. Wow. That's really cool that you guys discovered it before my kids were all in school. By the time I discovered homeschooling now, it was a number of years ago. (laughs) 2002 was when I first discovered. So they were in school before, but it was really interesting. It's so fascinating when you look back at how we learn, like, so we look back on our school careers, but we also look back, like even through university, when I look, it's like, there's so much that I learned for the test and no longer remembered, couldn't do now if I needed to, I knew I could learn it again. Yeah. But it didn't stick. So, you know, then you question, you know, so it, what was the value in that for me? You know, because I, I need to relearn it. Was there value in knowing it then? But then, and then you start looking at the things that you enjoy, right? The things that are connected, even, mm-hmm. even if you learn them in school, but if it was something you found interesting, it's stuck, right? Yeah. And you could dive in so much more easily and pick up and learn so much more easily than when it was something disconnected, right? Yes. I mean, school was not, I mean, it wasn't hard for Holly or I, both of us were were good students, uh, got good grades. Uh, But my my most valuable school time was in, we had a gifted program in in my elementary and middle schools. And those were the, the best school days for me uh because the way that the the they all the the knowledge that i gained there was more real world based like we had there was a class where we were like okay we're going to learn how to balance a budget and i was like oh that's actually interesting to me more so than you know the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell so (laughs) (laughs) so getting into that it was it seemed to me that why wouldn't you want to learn things that you're going to because that you're going to use because anytime i am able to use something, I will retain it. But like, kind of like you were saying, I learned all these things for tests. I was a good test taker, but if I don't do that, at least on a daily or weekly basis, it just sort of goes away and ends up never having mattered at all. So (laughs) it's, yeah. So anytime I was able to learn something that I, that I can use, it stays. So. Yeah. And what I love too, when you think about, um, I mean, kids growing up this way, they, the things that they're interested in, those are the things that they're going to keep doing. So those are the things that are going to stick. And those are the things they're going to be interested in. You know what I mean? They're, they're going yeah, to continue definitely. to be interested. Like they're going to weave through their lives and, you know, into their young adult lives, into their adult lives, because this is who they are. And they're learning so much about who they are and things that are interesting to them. So they're creating uh, just like this web of knowledge that is so unique and in that way, so helpful to them as an individual. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's uh, it's sort of one of my catchphrases around the house is there's, there's value in all knowledge. So I I always like to say that whenever, especially because we were early in, in the unschooling process, we, uh, I mean, it's, it's a little scary because you start to get compared, your kids start to get compared to other kids and where they are. And you're like, well, she's not doing that yet, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, she's doing these other things. So, <laughs> but then like she'd be playing Minecraft and I mean, a lot of people are like, you know, video games are a waste of time and all that, which I don't, I don't think, but then, then she learned to read from playing Minecraft. I'm like, ha ha value and all knowledge. There it is again. <laughs> 
And then, so yeah, just things like that. And then when you're, especially with, it seems with Q and I, the sort of hyper focus that we have, uh, if we, if we jump on something, we dive deep into it and then it sort of can, can branch off of that main course. And then you start learning about all these other, other little things. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's really interesting to me. Yeah. I find too, as you know, with that, those deep dives into interests that especially when they're younger, it can be such a, an interesting window to all sorts of things. Like you were saying, like, you know, you, you deep dive into something and it, and it connects over here and over here and over here and over here and reading pops up because, you know, there's just reading involved. Right. Yeah. And now all sorts of other things just bubble up because you're just looking through that lens. That's super fascinating. And the different pieces you want to get to, you just pick up different skills along the way. Right. So almost any interest that you dive into can get you to all sorts of those, what they call basic skills. So it's not about learning to read, but if I'm deep into playing Minecraft, eventually I'm picking up some reading, right? Yeah, and it, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. If it's something that you're going to use every day, then it's going to stick. And of course, you're going to use reading every day because there's so much more to be learned if you can read. Yeah, yeah, no, I love that. And I love your motto. What was it? Everything, learning is everything? There's value in all knowledge. There's value in <laughs> Yes, in all knowledge, because just like you were saying, it's so easy. And it's certainly as when we first come to unschooling, kind of we value learning that happens in school, like subjects Mm -hmm. as more valuable than than everyday things. right? Right. That's something that we're taught. Uh, that we absorb growing up that what we learn in school is more valuable and we need to learn that first before then we can go play and and do all the other things but that all of it is so valuable and what they choose is valuable to the individual right definitely yeah 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 i love that uh so i am curious to hear what your biggest paradigm shift or aha moment has been so far on your unschooling journey i'm curious how that came about i mean it's it's got to be the the reading thing uh just cuz like i said we were, it's it's it can be scary to do anything that's sort of outside of the the populous norm right so <laughs> we jump into this and well how are you going to are you going to teach your kids how to do anything? Like, well, that's well, not exactly. <laughs> so, and then, and then we're like, well, how are they ever going to learn to read? And you're like, well, we think it's just going to happen. <laughs> so then whenever Q started to learn to read, she would, we were doing, I don't even remember what it was now, but we were doing something and she read something and kind of looked at Holly. <laughs> Did you know she could do that? <laughs> And then it was like, aha, it is going to work. We were right all along. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. Just, just whenever they, whenever she learned something that we uh, didn't like, okay, we're going to sit down and learn this. Now, whenever she learned something that we didn't directly influence, that's kind of just a confirmation that yeah, humans can, can learn without, without uh, overbearing uh, direction. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think for me, what each what each time that kind of happened and I discovered something new, I could really, I thought of it as trust, right? I really came to trust the process more and to trust my child more each time a little piece happened 
that's like, oh yeah, like you said, oh yeah, this is working. This is going to work. You know, mm-hmm. it was trust that I had. And that was so valuable for the next moment when you start questioning and wondering and, oh gee, how are they going to pick up that? And then you're peeling back the layers. Why do I think they need to know that? And why do I think that would be helpful to them at this moment? Because that was, for me, when another big shift was the idea of, you know, that there's some certain set of knowledge that they should have before a certain age, before like 18, when they graduate or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but to understand that, that the age at which kids learn things is really only important in the system because they only have a set set of years that they're in school, right? Yeah. You need to teach them that. So it just gets parsed out year by year by year. But when uh, we made that shift to unschooling, it's like now we can learn. It's almost like just in time learning. It's you learn it when you need it, when you're curious about it, when you're interested in it, when it comes up in your life, because you learn it faster, you're more interested in it. And like you were saying, it sticks. But we don't need to, you know, worry so much about the when, because Whenever it comes up, maybe they're 20, maybe they're 25 before some little thing like the stock market becomes yeah. super interesting to <laughs> you. Now's when I'm going to learn it, right? Mm-hmm. The age thing kind of disappears. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, and it's, and it's totally intuitive, but it doesn't feel like it when you're doing it. But, uh, like whenever, cue like discover something new and i'm like oh i know so much about that get ready for an information dump and then i I stop and think wait a minute she's not going to want all of that (laughs) and it's it that's the part that's intuitive but doesn't feel like it is that people will learn things when they're ready to learn them and you can't just you can't shove knowledge at someone and have them take it all so it's sort of a it's sort of a patience thing where you're like okay well I, i i can tell her little bits about things and see if she's interested in any of it. And if she is, I'll tell her more. And then if not, she'll probably get there at, at some point. And then if she wants the help with that, I can help with that. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's so, and it's, it's so intuitive because everyone does it. Everyone like gets into something and then have someone come up to them and just start spouting on the information. Like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. <laughs> I'm just on the surface here. Just, just let me get there. And it's, it's hard, it's hard to be on both sides of that, right? It's hard to be the person just learning it and just, uh, this is what the part that I'm interested in right now. And then it's hard to be the person who already knows all that and sort of hold back like, okay, I don't want to overwhelm you just yet. Uh, I love that. I love that because that was something too, that I recognized and, and actively focused on holding back the other because the other piece was that sometimes if I jumped in, like so they were interested in something that I loved and I knew lots about, but in trying to meet them there, so often maybe they had come from a different direction. Um, and maybe they were going in a different direction. Like I just dumped a bunch of stuff on them that was basically meaningless because that wasn't the framework at which through which they were looking at that yeah, yeah, yeah. that topic or that piece of information. And I just kind of 
kick them off course. <laughs> it took a few uh, many experiences where they'd be like, yeah, okay. Or even they say, you know, I don't want to know that. I don't want to know that. And it was, that was yet another layer learning not to take that personally. Like that wasn't a judgment of me. It was just not information that they were interested in, in the moment. So there was a lot of work to do around that too. But yeah, when I could hold back and let them follow their curiosity, like so often all those little bits uh, that I had or wanted to share would come up in conversation, but on their timetable. Mm -hmm. So maybe later that day, um, maybe through a question, maybe through a comment, conversation, but there would be authentic real times when those things would bubble up versus me going, Oh my gosh, yes. And just doing a brain dump. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's partially due to the fact that, you know, I was raised in the school system. So I was taught, ah, here's how you learn. Let me tell you how to learn things. Uh, And it's, it's like we, I'm a, I'm a drummer. And so we had the practice pad out one day and he started messing with it. And I was like, ha ha, let me show you how to do that. And then I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) That's not, that's not, that's not how to do it. Cause you know, when you, when I was learning drumming growing up, it's like, okay, we're going to start with the rudiments and this, this is how you play drums. And then when she got it out, I was like, she's just like messing around with it. Just let her figure it out for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I love the the music example is really, is really cool too, because that is another area where we think there's, you know, a step-by-step, you have to do this stuff in the beginning and then this, and then you practice this and you move on slowly, slowly, slowly. Yeah. But, you know, I, my my youngest Michael is is very into music now, like over the last few years, and he just leaving him to play alone uh, along with the guitar, um, and then then he brought keyboard in, and and it wasn't until a few years of him playing around himself, and then he's like, oh, you know what? I'd like to try some lessons because I want I have some you know detailed questions and things I'm curious about. So now I just, I want somebody who I can talk to at that level. Yeah. So it's really fascinating to see, even in the areas where we think, Oh, this is something they need to do in a right order. So we need to start with lessons and then move through that or else, you know, they're going to pick up bad habits or they're not going to, you know, that it really, really doesn't need to be that way, that they can explore things in the ways that they're interested in. They can just play around with things for a while and they pick up so much through that. And then, you know, lessons might be down the road or not, but it's it's about their path and the way they're learning things and how deeply they want to get into learning the thing, right? It's It's so fascinating to follow their process rather than to throw one on top of them, isn't it? Yeah. It's, and it's tough sometimes to hold back. Like, especially when you say like with the music example, say I'm going to start playing piano or, or key wood. And I would be like, haha, well, wait, let me teach you all about music theory first. So, you know, everything you're going to be doing. And then it's like, well, maybe just discover some of it on your own. It's, I, I think that it's, it's way more rewarding to figure something out on your own than to just be told it. I mean, that's, that is actually, I mean, growing up in school, that's how I learned math for the most part. Uh, Like a bunch of different, the way 
I tested at like a 10th grade math level in like third grade or something. And it was because I had figured I could figure the things out on my own first without being told how they were. And then I got into higher math and I sort of stopped at the 10th grade level because <laughs> everything's like, ah, here's the formulas you need. You just memorize them. I, I was terrible at that. If I didn't understand why, then I couldn't really figure it out. So if, if no one told me why, then I was just like, okay, I guess I'll, I'll give it the best shot. But yeah, it's, it's again, tough to hold back from the, well, let me show you the scales. Here's a C scale rather than just being like, figure it out. See if you can see what, if you have questions come to me, but if, uh, if you want to just figure it out, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, that was one thing that you mentioned music theory. This is very interesting because that was one of the things that Michael really wanted to dive into once he decided he wanted to find some lessons and do that. But what it did was just for much of it, give language and framework to stuff he picked up along the way. Right. So it was a few extra connections like, Oh yeah, look at that bigger picture to all this stuff that I've been figuring out. And, and it makes so much sense, right? Because you're just, you're putting together what you've experienced versus being told this is the way it works. And it really is so much of figuring something out and learning something is also figuring out all the pieces that don't work mm-hmm. and the ways things don't work because that gives you so much more context. Like I think of learning like as this web and if you're just told, you know, here's a formula, here's, here's the theory, here's the way you do it. You just learn that little path of the web, Right. You don't pick up all the other pieces that explain the why behind it, the context mm-hmm. behind it, why the other stuff doesn't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just a huge, huge difference. And again, that's why, you know, another piece when we come to unschooling is, is not judging or, or even thinking about mistakes or failures. There's, there isn't wrong. You know, there is just discovering what works and what doesn't work. And to discover, to try something out that's top of mind and that you're curious, hmm, I think this will work to do the thing that I'm trying to do. And then you try it and it doesn't work. You learn just as much that way, right? Absolutely, yeah. You learn why that, that piece, you have that connection and it like just leads you to, oh, okay, you pick up a little bit more from that experience and now you just try something different. Trying things is like so fundamental to learning versus just being told this is the right path. Yeah, I definitely. I, uh, I took a music theory class in college and <clears throat> at the beginning of the class, the teacher was kind of asking what everyone sort of wanted to get out of the class. And my big, I was kind of worried about it. I was like, well, I want to learn some about music theory, but without being formulaic in the way I write music. <laughs> I don't want to lose the discovery part of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a huge piece. And I think coming to unschool that I love what you said before, how so much of it is intuitive. Like it makes so much sense. And yet we still have to stop ourselves from jumping into (laughs) it so much. Like Mm -hmm. we have just absorbed growing up the, this whole, this whole idea of, of being productive, of doing things right. The first time of, you know, um, being efficient 
et cetera. And I think that's something as, as parents, as we're de-schooling, we're playing around with so many of those ideas and coming to understand the value of those things. You know what I mean? I think, you know, that kind of that factory mindset, um, you know, we need to be productive. We need to get things done efficiently and effectively and quickly, et cetera, has really kind of permeated everything to a point where that outlook on learning and on just living and how we make choices in our lives has really been detrimental, I think. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of weird. Like, cause it's, it's sort of, it's, it's fun to think about discovering something that no one else has discovered, but like with the age of the internet, so many things have been discovered, but we still long for that, that, that discovery moment. And if we just let ourselves discover things, even if they've already been discovered, it's still, it's still very valuable, I think. Yeah. And we still enjoy it. We still get that rush because we're discovering it for the first time for ourselves. And that connection is burn so much more in our mind and in our our experience right like our understanding is deeper when we make that connection ourselves i think rather than it's just something that we're told it's like oh okay those go together definitely yeah yeah um something else i was really curious to hear more about is how you and holly have set up your lives around your choices to embrace unschooling, to spend time together as a family and do things that you all find interesting and fun. I've, I've gotten a little bit of a glimpse through Holly. Uh, she's in the network too. So I would love to hear you, you talk about that. Uh, well, as far as like setting up our lives, we didn't have to do very much <laughs> uh, because Holly's worked at home for, for years. Uh, and then, like I said, I was going into the the studio for only a few months after he was born before that shut down. And I was like, well, I'll just stay home then. Uh, and then you can still work without having to take breaks if something happens. And, you know, so it was a, a very smooth transition for us in that respect. Uh, and then we've always lived in a, a pretty small space. Uh, <clears throat> like right now we, we live in a studio. I'm actually in a closet. So, <laughs> so, I mean, we, we each sort of do our own things, but we're in a, a small space so that there's no sort of inhibition for if something comes up and you're like, Hey, I'd like to get input from the other members of my family. There's not like, there's not that, like I said, in, inhibition to, to sort of ask, cause we're, we're just right there. So, <laughs> so that I, it has been uh, helpful for us, I think. Uh, but we all, uh, play games together and stuff as well. Uh, like I said, Hugh's really into video games. So we, we play some stuff on the, the PlayStation and then we play some stuff on the, on the computers. And then we've also, uh, we played board games more, uh, before than we, than we do now, which I think we, we used to live, uh, in Tahoe and about once a year, the power goes out for like a, anywhere from a day to a week <laughs> due to, to heavy snow. So that would be the board game week. <laughs> and we would get the board games out and the little like, uh, you know, flashlights and stuff and play board games together. <laughs> Very fun. <laughs> and you guys have traveled around some as well? 
Uh, yeah, Holly and Q more so than I, I, I prefer to stay at home, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, I mean, we've lived in San Francisco to Lake Tahoe, Chicago. We live in LA now. Uh, Q and Holly have been to Italy with, uh, Holly's, uh, mom. Uh, and then I guess, yeah, before Q was born and we're looking to go back in a year or two, hopefully. Uh, we've been to Japan, which was very cool. We think Q will really like Japan because of the uh, all the arcades and that sort of culture. Uh, but yeah, we. I mean, if we've been, of course, we Holly and I are both from Oklahoma and Kansas, so we've been back there several times. But yeah, we've we've traveled quite a bit, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I I loved hearing about that because. You know, when we choose unschooling, there can be, as we try to create a lifestyle where we can support that, like you said, you guys live in small places because you'd rather uh, spend more time together and, and just, then you can take that small place and just go to all the different locations that you're talking about. And you can check those out for longer lengths of time. Like you said, you know, Japan, maybe in a couple of years, et cetera. So it's just the things that that you guys would find interesting. Like you want to take you there because you think she'll really love it so that you have that freedom uh, to be able to be more flexible with how you guys just be in the world. Right. Yeah. Versus feeling um, fixed in, in a specific location or with certain jobs, et cetera. Just. It just seems like a, a, you guys have chosen a much more flexible lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean we definitely like, made decisions to do that, but it's also been somewhat from necessity, <laughs> just uh, budgeting and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, there it's, it's uh, sort of a combination of, of choice and necessity. Yeah. 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 And, and sometimes the necessity piece and the constraints piece, like they don't need to be negatives. Like you, yeah, absolutely. That you work with, right? Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. that's like, uh, doing like, I mean, you get those sort of things, uh, sometimes in school, like, uh, write a song, but only using, you know, these, this number of keys or whatever. And it sort of helps you to, to figure out ways to do things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is one thing we talk a lot about here and actually enjoy in certain areas constraints because it, it helps. I don't know. I find it helps me be more creative, right? Because when I've got those little, those pieces that are fixed, it's like, Ooh, now I can really play. How can I, how can I maneuver through all this stuff to get to where I'm hoping to go? So yeah, we, we look at constraints pretty positively actually. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they're cool. It's, it's when there's, when it's wide open, I'm always just um, overwhelmed. Like where do I even start? Yeah. But when you say, okay, well, you can't do this part. Like, oh, well then <laughs> I think I've got a solution for that. Yeah. It's, it's really fascinating because like on one hand, if it's a constraint or something that we want to push against, you know, absolutely. Yet there are lots that aren't in our control, right? Things that we, that are just life things that are constraints. Um, and so it's also super fun to work with them 
Yeah, it, I don't know. I, I I find that very interesting because you know, on one hand, it's you know we're unschooling, we can do whatever we want. On one hand, <laughs> yeah, there's 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 practicalities, there is creativity. There's just, I mean, it's just been never ending fun. <laughs> you know, there's a side things go sideways, things go badly. You know, life is life. But also when you're open and creative and you're just thinking about the possibilities, it's fun to try to navigate through those things to accomplish the things that we're curious and and eager to do, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just like yeah, any any kind of puzzle. It's like if I'm given a puzzle and then told it is possible to solve, and I'm like, oh, well, then I will figure that out. Yeah. Uh, so that's a great lead into what is your favorite thing about your unschooling days right now? Uh, I mean, it's it's mainly just the fact that we are all able to do sort of what we want to do and still have the sort of support of each other uh, in, in doing those things. So, I mean, most days Q will get on with friends and do role plays and that sort of leaves Holly and I to just, you know, pursue the things that we enjoy pursuing. And then if she needs something, we can just, we can easily stop and say, okay, what'd you need? So, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, pretty easily the the best thing about it, right. Is that it sort of allows everyone to do things that fulfill them and still be able to get, uh, get help from other members of the family. Yeah, it really feels, I don't know, I when we moved to unschooling and, you know, got deeper into it, it really felt like we're and continues to feel like we're a, a team, right? And we just we're doing our things and we're helping each other out. And somebody gets more of the energy when they need it. Somebody gets, you know, um, extra space when they need it, like all those things. But we're just all figuring it out together it just felt so much more refreshing when we were dealing with the realities of who we are and and the things that we do together versus um you know just like an outside idea of here's what parents should be doing here's what kids should be doing here's how things should look etc it was so nice to be able to release that framework and really live together you know, it was the same kinds of things, but when but when they're actually bubbling up in the moment, it's it's amazing, isn't it? How we can give ten minutes a day, you know, a week when something comes up that's really important to somebody, we can mm-hmm. find ways to make it work for them, can't we? But we can really just be living together. Yeah, and it's, I mean, part that's. Th- that feels really nice is that there's no, there's no mandated curriculum. Like there's no, well, today we're going to learn multiplication and then nobody wants to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to do it anyway. (laughs) It's nice to not have to to do that because like eventually it's going to, it's going to come up because that's kind of math is pretty important in the world. So (laughs) eventually it's going to come up and we'll be like, yeah, this is how you do that. And they're like, Oh, cool. All right. <laughs> and it goes so much those, faster, doesn't it? When when it bubbles up in the moment, like they're curious about it. They want to know something. 
So when you get into it, 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 because it's just come up in conversation, you don't end up in like that teacher voice. You don't end up in the, this is how I think you should be learning it or looking at it. It's just come up and they're curious and they've asked a question or two and it's like, oh, this is this. And they're like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And then off they go, right? Yeah. And it's it's sort of, uh, I catch myself going into that teacher mode occasionally still. But like she has uh, some friends that that are uh, that go to school and they're like, well, we do, you know, multiplication or whatever. And so Q will come ask us about it because all of her friends are doing it. And so <clears throat> we'll start to teach her a few things about like math concepts. And I really have to watch myself before I get too far into it. And she'll just like, what's the answer to this? And I'm like, ha ha, well, you figure it out. And she's like, I don't want to figure it out. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. And then, you know, eventually after just telling her the answer to most of these questions, she's, she'll understand it. And it's like, Oh, that's, that's how you're, that's how you're learning. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that because yeah, she can definitely be picking up the patterns by getting the answer. So following them and yeah, just answering their questions versus, Oh, I think you should be learning it this way and show your work and you figure it out. And how do you think you spell that? (laughs) All those questions are actually getting in the way of whatever their process is. Like when they're asking a question, like, how do you spell that? Or what's the answer to that? That is the most meaningful thing for them to get in that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. So when we just answer what they're curious about, that is so much more helpful than us presupposing that we know a better way, better way for them to pick it up. Because like you said, after you've answered it a few times or however many times over how many days, weeks, months, how do you spell this? How do you spell this? They pick up those patterns. They learn those things. And eventually they put that picture together, but they're putting it together in the way that makes the most sense to them. Not the way we think. Or that would make the most sense to us. Like we all individually have different ways of learning and picking things up. So to respect that we can just help them build the picture the way they want to is it's a big step, isn't it? Yeah, that, that has probably been the, the hardest part for me is the, okay, you're learning it differently than I learned it. I'm going to let this happen. <laughs> oh, that is interesting. All right. Last question. As an unschooling dad, what piece of advice would you like to share with dads who are maybe considering unschooling or just starting out on this journey? Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's just a, it, if you believe that humans are curious, then it's probably going to work. I mean, it's, I don't know if there's any uh, like one piece of advice, especially for, for dad specifically that's other than you know trust that humans are curious and will want to to learn things uh and because of the world we live in they're going to pretty much have to learn the things that you're going to need to learn to do every day so (laughs) it kind of works out you know Uh, yeah i think that's it's it, it works out because you have to know how to anything that you're doing every day, you have to know how to do that's the, <laughs> And anything you're not doing every day, you probably don't have to know how to do. So it, again, it works out. Oh, I do love that. And that, 
that very beautifully rolls back on itself, right? If it's something that they're going to be doing every day, they're going to learn how to do it because they're doing it every day, right? So it just is a self-fulfilling kind of prophecy. And to get to that point where humans are just curious and just living day to day is going to bring up those things and they're going to want to learn things. Uh, those are those are a couple of really fundamental shifts. I know they feel so basic, don't they? Mm-hmm. But like we've been talking about a lot, um, so much of what we pick up growing up ourselves is that, you know, learning is hard. Schools know what we should be learning. Um, they know better than just what we're living, right? That that other kind of learning is more valuable than what we learn just from living. So there is a lot of work, internal work, I think, self-reflective work for us as parents, dads, moms, whatever, to do um, when we, that that really gets us to that real essence, that basicness, the foundation of unschooling, right? That that we learn what we do when we do things is a great time to learn the things <laughs> and that humans are curious. Yeah. Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, it's, I mean, I think it's significantly easier uh, to unschool now than say a hundred years ago, because there's so much information that's so easily and readily accessible. Should you get the urge to learn it? Uh, Whereas before sort of knowledge was kind of gatekept by, by experts or, or libraries that may not be very close to you. You may have to walk several towns away. Uh, But but now it's, if you want to know something, it's not, it's, there's no big obstacle to, to finding that information anymore. So just, and, and then making, making learning, not a, a chore, making it not an experience that is something that we start to not enjoy doing because like going to school for me, it was, I, all through like uh, elementary school and middle school, it was, I was, like I said, a very good test taker. So it was all great. But the longer I did it, the more sort of the burnout started to approach because it was, you will learn this in this amount of time, the way we tell you to learn it. So by the end of high school, I was kind of done with learning. I didn't want to do it anymore. And anytime that the thought of learning something new came in my head, I was like, oh gosh. I don't know if I could do that right now, <laughs> but sort of going on this, uh, the unschooling journey that we've gone through with Q it's, I mean, started to make learning a, a good experience again, uh, just because it's, it's not something that has to be done on someone else's terms. Like I can learn what I want, when I want, how I want makes those discovery moments big again yeah yeah I think that that is another huge shift is because so often you know you hear people graduating when they're leaving high school or or university it's like I don't have to learn anymore right (laughs) that that system is now fully equated with learning (laughs) yeah it is entirely a chore and not fun anymore so anything that smacks of learning 
for, you know, for many years can well turn people off and they ignore them, even if it would be interesting to them because they have such a bad taste left in their mouth from the experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I used to consider myself uh, a person who doesn't like to read. Uh, But I found myself, I'm like, I'm reading constantly. I just, and I just always thought that I don't like to read because I didn't, I didn't enjoy reading the books because we were made to read certain books in English class. And I was just always, Oh, I am a person that doesn't like to read. Okay. I'll take that. And then like, like I said, I just, I'm always usually like articles or uh, different, different things on the internet, but it's, I'm constantly reading and I enjoy it. So I just didn't ever equate those two things until we started doing unschooling. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Cause my husband's the same. It's like, you know, I hate reading. I don't read. I never read. And he is constantly reading <laughs> forums and articles and all sorts of things online. And then with uh, one of my sons, you know, I don't like books. I don't like reading yet audiobooks for hours and hours and hours. Podcasts, like, you know, there's there are so many ways to bring in information that, but you know, so many of us have grown up thinking, you know, reading and reading books, that's the only like acceptable, acceptable thing, right? Right. Nothing, everything else is trash. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I mean, that's what's fascinating when you, when you start unschooling and start peeling back there, those layers, there is so much that we've absorbed that just kind of gets in our, gets in our own way some, that when you take the time to just ask yourself some questions and look at it. It's like, Oh, you know what? That's not really true. You know, you can see what they were trying to do with it, but it's not really true in our lives and Mm -hmm. learning is fun. And I'm reading lots and I'm taking (laughs) in all sorts of information. So, yeah, I think that that is just, that's, that's a useful thing. I think for new unschooling dads to, to think about is just, you know, be willing to ask yourself some questions and peel back some layers around it to really discover what it means. Right. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Isaac. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks. I had a good time. Yay. yay. (laughs) So is there a place that people can connect with you online if they'd like to chat? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I run a, I run a, a Dungeons and Dragons campaign that I post on YouTube. It's it. <laughs> we'll put a link to that in the show notes. If okay. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Isaac. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey and be sure to check out the growing podcast archive. The conversations never go out of date. You can find more information about my books the Living Joyfully Network online community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit online course at my website, livingjoyfully.ca.